go. Welcome everybody to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast of the year. That we have not yet created a title for. But it's in the works. It's in the works. It's very important. Well, who who's speaking right now? Oh. Thanks for asking, Jonathan. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so my name is Michael Sullivan, and I am a junior accounting and finance major at the Miami University. Mm. And who is this other yes, handsome uh, fellow? I'm your other co-host, Johnny Giroux, senior here at Miami University, uh, finance major, entrepreneurship minor, and I am excited to be here. And But lastly, but not least, we have... everyone, Father Jacob Willick here, and uh, super excited to be a freshman, really, on campus. Fresh fresh priest here at the Catholic Newman Center, St. Joseph Chapel, and uh, yeah, super excited to be here with you guys and get this going, so. Nice. We also have a guest here today, too. Our first guest our on brother, the podcast. Our brother from the same Blessed Mother. Mm. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Transfer student. Priest, uh, <laughs> Father Ethan Moore here, just uh, supporting the Red Hawk revival oh, yeah. mm. on day one of podcast. Mm. Empty space, podcast. <laughs> Leaving room for the Holy Spirit right That's there, right. you know. And Father, did you, Father Ethan, did you just sign up to be uh, a bull rider? Is that right? Yeah, Fox Hollow uh, is now going to be probably a sponsor of this podcast. Most likely. Our, our local rodeo in Waynesville, Ohio. Uh, they shout out to you. <laughs> Cowboys for Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Let's go. That's awesome. So uh, before we jump into our topic, do you guys want to start in prayer? Let's take it away. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Uh, we just dedicate this podcast all for the glory to, glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we ask, uh, Lord, yeah, we just glorify you in this time. We know your graces today, and anyone who tunes in, may their hearts just be stirred to follow you ever more closely. Uh, all for Jesus, true Mother Mary. And we pray together, Hail Mary, full Holy of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph. Pray for us. Some names to throw around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comment, comment below That's what right. you think the name right. should be. If we even have a comment section, I don't know where this is gonna go up, but uh, we'll make one. We'll make, we'll make one. one. Yeah. DM us on Instagram at Catholic Yeah. You know, it hit me during the prayers. Like uh, last night, we had the formation talk by Father Hoffman. Eddie Hoffman was here, and uh, yeah, it was so good. So listen to that if you haven't listened to it yet. It was solid. Uh, but he was talking about how. The priest, um, you know, in bringing Jesus to the altar is like Mary, you know, bringing Jesus or Jesus used, the Lord used Mary to bring Jesus to us, right? And talk about the word being made flesh. And he just kind of threw that in as an aside. It's like his talk was so great, but just came to me like praying to Hail Mary, like, wow, so how blessed we are, right? To have the Eucharist, the word made flesh, the same as the Blessed Virgin Mary. Anyways, getting deep quick. That's what came no, to mind to me. You this know, talk just said, like, it was so good last night. Yeah. That's really good. It's really funny you mentioned that. We had a Bible study, first one on Wednesday. Had like 16 guys from Miami. Shout out to our Bible study if you're listening. Um, we yeah. actually read uh, John 1 mm-hmm. and especially focused on the incarnation, the yeah. word made flesh. Yeah. And uh, Thomas, the focused missionary, was talking to me about St. Irenaeus. Mm-hmm. Irenaeus. Mm-hmm. Can somebody... 
that helps pronounce it? Irenaeus is what most people say, yeah. Irenaeus. I always say it wrong, too. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard one. My great-grandfather's name was Irenaeus. Whoa. just found that out. Whoa. Um, but he always talks about how, like, the glory of God is man fully alive. Mm-hmm. And what, how, as Catholics, what the Incarnation means. Um, I don't know, do any of you know a little bit about that? What, what his idea of, of, like, divinity is, that, that man... Like God became man so that man can become God mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Did any of you speak on that? Right. Wow, yeah, I'd have to think about it for a little while to, for articulating it well, probably. But uh, yeah, just the beauty of, right, Christ um, invading our space, right, coming into the world. But first of all, creating us, you know, made in the image and likeness of God. Um, and so that's just amazing to think about, right? So we are made. Um, you know, in some sense, for that glory, right? We're made to be glorified in that. But then, of course, we're fallen, right? And so we can't really uh, remedy ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. Um, but we are given that new nature, too, in our baptisms, which is, like, even greater than just, like, how we were originally made, like, original man, right? Um, but just made for that glory. And so we've been raised up. And so I guess a big thing with that is, like, the ascension, right? And so... Why is the ascension so important? It doesn't may not seem like a big thing. Jesus going up into heaven, but really he took his body back up into heaven, right? And so opening that space for us then as humans with a body to go into heaven. And so the body is so important, um, just the fact that it's been glorified, and then we're um, just destined for that. Really, in our baptisms, we're made for heaven, you know. And so like we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And it's just like a process. Like we already believe that yeah you know it's great to bring that up when you talk to protestants sometimes like are you saved like yeah we have been saved in our baptisms it's ongoing and we will be but we have like great joy and hope as christians like fully alive just living it out where we are right now because um the incarnate christ is in us in some sense right you know we Mm -hmm. receive holy communion and in our baptisms and so yeah we're called to glorify the lord in our bodies even though they're still weak and still uh still human but um yeah it's exciting it's exciting we live that to the full right or try mm. to so so that's why we do uh punishing workouts too <laughs> right now but yeah yeah so that's really interesting that you uh, you said about how protestants you know they kind of you you hear about them them quoting john and saying oh are you born again mm-hmm. and that's like a, like i feel like the first time i asked that when i was asked that when i was a senior year in high school or something like that I was kind of like taken aback by it I was like I don't I don't know what that means uh, and I'm sure as campus ministers you guys have encountered that with you know some of the Protestants that you've met and and talked to on campus so how do you kind of like approach that question and kind of like you know try to rationalize it to them how you know our baptism um, is is kind of our you know second birth for for Catholics and how it does wipe away our original sin, and that's kind of, you know, not not all we need, but yet, you know, we don't need to, you know, I think it's it's pretty common for Protestants to get uh, to get baptized again later in their life, or, or not get baptized when they're babies and get baptized when they're 18, when it's like their choice. Mm-hmm. So do you think there's any merit to like their whole, their whole idea of like, oh, I want, I want it to be my choice to get baptized, mm-hmm. or... Is it just kind of, are, do they not have like a true understanding of like what baptism really means and why it's imperative that you get baptized like as soon as you're born? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that passage that you reference is John when he's speaking, or when Jesus, in the Gospel of John, when Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus and he's talking about, yeah, what must I do to be born again? And he's like confused by it, right? Like Nicodemus is like, I have to like, find a way to be birthed by my mother after I've already been born? Like, what are you talking about? And Jesus talks there about, like, being born in the Spirit. So, and our understanding of baptism is like, yeah, uh, being born by the water and by the Spirit, you know, the sacrament, the, the matter of the sacrament of baptism is that, like, water that is poured over a person usually a baby for us but also can be at any time in life uh and that like acceptance of this identity right that like being born by the father the son and the holy spirit and like even like this 
movement of three pour overs, you could say, of that child that like you enter into like the three days in the tomb that like you've died with Christ and now you have risen with Christ. And so like you want that as soon as humanly possible. Like I would say, like if you <clears throat> you think about your future maybe children who knows i don't know but uh yeah they're like if you want them to be red hawks you're gonna put them in like red hawk a red hawk beanie right out of the right out, <laughs> out of the right out of the gate like a little red hawk onesie you want them to inherit the things that you love and how could we not like embrace the greatest thing we love like jesus christ and our life in him immediately and so we want to offer that as the new life to someone who's even just born and I would say, like, that idea of later in life, like, me choosing whatever to be baptized, which is more of, like, the Protestant mentality, uh, is just a further maturation within our Catholic experience of, like, confirmation, in a sense. It can be seen that way, at least, is like, by the Spirit, you know, that we want to, like, live that. And that can also be inherited, and there's a tradition of that in the church as well. But I would say, like, even as, like, college is happening, right, it's, like, it takes a new gravity when we're, like, I own this. This is my identity. This is what I'm about. This is what I want to live for. And, like, that isn't us. Just as, like, when Jesus and his conversation with Peter is, like, uh, yeah, you know who I am. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father and so, like, upon this rock, you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. And so, like, similarly, like, the building happens in that identity within Christ, but then, like, elevated in the spirit uh, mm -hmm. as we, like, own that mystery of who we are and what we're made for. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's such a beautiful way to put that, Father. I love the <clears throat> image of just, like, you have a kid just throwing throwing the gear on them right away. And it, it is, like, out of love, you know? You, you want the absolute best for, like, your child and, and what, is, what is greater than, than potential of eternal life. Um, so, yeah, and, and when you were speaking, that made, reminded me of, of when Jesus was baptized and you talked about identity by John the Baptist and when God, the Father from heaven, says, this is my beloved Son for whom I am well pleased. Um, that's one of the things we talk about in our, on our ministry team of just how how to know our identity as sons uh, and daughters of of God and how we need to be operating out of that place of love from the Father. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to speak on that or if anyone knew anything that, you know, has any experience with uh like seeing that in others and how that how can that be so fruitful in your life? I guess one thing that I'm thinking of is just like obviously because it's our ministry team, um, but we realize of course all of us when we first come to college campus or like a new scene in life or a new school or high school whatever it is you show up and you just want to be accepted you know and that's uh, so big and. Especially, uh, we realize just the importance of like reaching out to all of our freshmen, you know, who are just looking for like clubs to get into. And some people are so excited, they sign up for like every single club the first week, which is awesome. <laughs> Gotta love that. But uh, yeah, but, or maybe, you know, some just like take it slow, which is very wise too, I think, you know. Um, but, uh, but we all want to have that acceptance. I mean, part of it just wanting to get involved, which is awesome. But we all want to be part of a uh, community in some, in some way. And, Ultimately, I think that goes back to that of like realizing like what is our identity, you know, our need for family, our need for community. And it's so beautiful how we're all born into a family, you know, in some sense. We're not just like born and run of Jesus, of course, himself too, right? Uh, continually, like he knows his identity, he's son of the father, you know, and all the work he does points to the father. And he was chose to come in the midst of a holy family too. He didn't have to. He could have just came as like king. But he's like, I'm going to humble myself and you take on that poverty of being born into a, a human family. And uh, so it's just great that our identity, a lot of it does come from our family, you know. And so we learn that from our fathers just, yeah, like, okay, I'm a Red Hawk fan. That's what I grew up with, you know. But I mean, these bigger things, right, like baptism, what does it mean to be a son or a daughter and those relationships 
teach us so much about uh, life, about who we are, about being loved, uh, and then just living that. So, um, yeah, so just so great now, of course, we realize our ultimate identity is from our Heavenly Father, and that's so important because um, we try and make it other things. Um, yeah, things just really begin to fall apart, you know. Um, and yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But anyways, yeah. No, I found like what you said about like people just wanting belonging is, is super powerful, especially like when you're coming to campus for the first time as a freshman and don't know anybody and you're just looking to be a part of something. You're looking for a community to, you know, involve yourself with. And I feel like there's like two directions you can really go in college. Mm-hmm. And it's either, you know, you can go the direction where you join Catholic Campus Ministries. You, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. You find a great group of friends, guys, that you, you do productive things with. You focus on both your school, your faith, um, your health and wellness, whatever, whatever you're going to focus on. But then there's also another direction that you can go, which I feel like a lot of students find their themselves getting trapped in just because they want that belonging, which is like, oh, you find some buddies that, um, you know, pretty good friends with or uh, or whatever and but all those friends you know like going going up to the bars getting drunk all day you know not not focusing on their schoolwork and there's an element of college where it's like almost risky like I feel like if I was a parent and sending my kid to college it's almost risky because if they don't find that belonging with a a group of people that is centered around the faith I feel like you're almost like not damned, but like you're you're sending them off to the to the slaughterhouse there because there's so many people that are here right on campus that are willing to say, "Come on, let's go, let's go get a beer on a Tuesday night." You know what I mean? So Monday morning, Monday morning, <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night. You know, any any time. So I find it I find it really hard to like picture that as like a parent sending my kid to college. And now I kind of understand like the like. Well, my mom's a little bit of a, you know, a helicopter <laughs> parent. She likes to take care of things. Listening but, in. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, she just unsubscribed right yeah. there. And my mom, my own mom won't listen to this one. But <laughs> got the podcast name. Helicopter moms. <laughs> Not your mother's podcast. <laughs> Um, Not Michael Sutherland's mom. <laughs> All other moms are welcome. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like I, I, I if, if I was a father, and I've never been a father, so <laughs> I would feel scared to send my kid to any of the universities today because I would, without telling them, like, I guess doing an investigation first and seeing, like, okay, here's the Newman Center. Like, these are the guys you want to hang out with. And I hopefully I would, like, know that. But it's kind of hard because mm-hmm. you're sending your kid into such a, you know, a place where they're, they're looking for that belonging or else. Because if they don't, you know, I find that, you know, kids get pretty, you know, upset and maybe even depressed if they're just sitting at college doing work all day and they don't really have that community to surround themselves with. And what they do is if they don't have that positive community, they're going to, they're going to fill it, fill that hole with a negative community. That's that. And all that stuff, like it only leads to vice, you know, like all of the, um, shenanigans that go on on college campuses. Like it, it all ultimately is, you know, a negative, uh, at least that's from my experience, you know, like there's definitely like fruits that can come out of some of the stuff, but, uh, like, Ultimately, you need to find yourself a, a community that um, is productive and it's, and it's centered around your faith or, or else, you know, that's why I think we see so many college kids like lose it as they come to college. So it's something we all, we all kind of got to work on. I think the challenge there is that, yeah, when moms tell us to do things in college, there can also be two paths there. <laughs> like, I'll do it or heck no. Because you told me to do it, I'm not going to do it. You know, and I think one of the challenges we face at a college is like people that grew up in the faith, maybe went to Catholic school their whole life, or went to mass every Sunday because that's what their parents did. That was like the thing. 
but because they maybe never took personal stock in it, you get to college and it's like, I want to abandon that because there is no part of me in it, you know? It's been something that has had a surface element to my life, but like not back to that identity, true to the very nature of who I am. And I think that's where, you know, even hearing stories about the revival here, that's where it's great to have a three-point challenge with the Sacred Heart image on the back of a backboard to, like, have an attractiveness that's like, oh, this this is just what I am drawn to as a dude, as a girl, uh, and want to see what this is about. And then, like, from that, like, more natural onboard of, like, oh, this is, this is the, the Catholic group? Like, oh, okay, that's cool, too. And then, like, through conversation and through invitation, it's like, oh, this is different than my experience prior to college of faith, but it also isn't so different that uh, I, I don't know what it is. But now I'm, like, diff- yeah, I'm, like, have a new desire to, like, find out more. Mm. And I think that's, like, where we find ourselves is, like, how, by the grace of God, like, how to do that as well as we can. Yeah, to make what we offer here what people are looking for. Yeah, when you're talking about those two options, I definitely thought how, like, we're so blessed that, I mean, people are just so open to, yeah, like, following, or there's a great ability to, right, make choices in college. And just, like, the huge opportunity that we have, you know, to to make the faith attractive, to meet people uh, where they are, you know, with, like, so many fun things. Uh, but also, like, we're super blessed here just to be able to build a chapel and just be like, okay, we're just going to make the Mass as reverent as possible and um, and just try and show, like, yeah, the community that we have through, like, you're talking about the Bible study with 16 guys. It was so exciting to see that this week. Or, um, But just, yeah, giving people a taste of something that's a little bit different than their parents while it's still, you know, the same Catholicism just to show that, uh, yeah, we've taken this on. And, like, especially you guys as students, right, like, we're living it because you guys want to be like the best version of yourselves. You want to be, mm. you know, what you're called to be. You want to be that man fully alive and what that means. And when you see people living that with great joy, like doing the normal, like fun college things, that that's super attractive to people, you know. Um, yeah, so it's definitely like a huge opportunity, I think, too. I'm just excited to be here with you guys because, yeah, we're going to go big this year and we're just here for the students. And yeah, it's mm. going to be great. Yeah, I love that. I think especially kind of what you guys were talking about, how uh, like they come and see and then they realize, wait, wait, you guys are, you guys are Catholic? What? What? Uh, yeah, because I think they say, uh, we talk a lot, uh, you talked a lot about in your sermons, Father, about habit and how important that is in life and how I, I like to think, or one of the things I love is when I'm just trying to live like my best life and like, working out or like going hard and like homework and being a diligent student and all these things and then uh, my secular friends then they find out about my faith and then they realize oh this is actually what fuels you this is what gives you energy mm-hmm. versus I, I used to be very uh, very uh, out front with my faith uh, and just first thing if I met someone a non-catholic uh, you know I'm Catholic. You need you need to become Catholic now, uh, and I think that comes from my background. Uh, Catholic grade school. It was really my freshman year of high school. First time at public school, I met non-Catholics. I'm like, oh, you don't know Jesus? Come come become Catholic like right now. Before I even said, oh hey, what's your name? Um, and I think I've learned over the years uh, something something the beauty of that. Um, we talk about how Catholicism and, and God gives uh, truth, goodness, and beauty. And how uh, usually someone, uh, depending on how you're inclined, is either drawn towards truth, goodness, or beauty. And personally, I think mine is beauty, the beauty of the faith. And I love just sharing. And wor- free nacho meals. And free nacho <laughs> meals. And fresca nights. That's right. So, free fresca, by the way. If you ever come by, this is a good time for the commercial. Fresca is... Uh, <laughs> when is, is fresca zero calories? Is that what they're saying? I think that's what I've been told. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's like all fake sugar. Fake sugar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just read the like the front label. I don't go to the back side of the label, so there's no. I, <laughs> it says zero calories. It's a health drink to me. Mm. <laughs> That's right. mm. 
<laughs> yeah, Fresca. We're actually, uh, we were supposed to be drinking Fresca this morning. Oh, uh, yeah. We're drinking coffee. It's so. a r- long, long, long night. We have a, we have a tough morning. Uh, we were, we were planning this podcast all last night. And Stayed as you can, and yeah. as you can tell, we are super well prepared because of that. <laughs> <laughs> right. One yeah. thing you said, Johnny, that just struck me is like, uh, that attractiveness. You just said, come and see. Just reminded me of like that first mm-hmm. experience of guys that were looking how to live life. Yeah. And Jesus says, what are you looking for? And they respond, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. You know, that like kind of is the epitome of the college experience. What are people looking for? They're looking for a lot of things, right? Uh, but like, what if in that search they encountered someone who was Christ-like and they wanted to come and be where they were? And you can draw them into your life. Come and see. I love that, Father Father Ethan. Isn't I think there was a saint, Father Jacob. Father Ethan, you might know the saint that says, uh, maybe Saint Augustine, the person who who is going into the brothel. He's still searching for God. Mm. Wherever you're searching, you're going up to Brick Street Bar and Grill. Mm. You know, you're trying to you're trying to find something. What you're looking for is is the ultimate answer of Christ. Mm. If any of you could could it's speak on this, that's definitely the fullness. That's definitely the fullness. Now, what I was thinking of. Is uh, it's so exciting when you see people who, like you're talking about, you see your witness or, you know, meet the other guys trying to ask him about becoming Catholic. And um, in my college experience, I guess was I was more of a commuter, so I began to think about and how you know I guess the third option is like not really get involved. <laughs> my school is really small, so I had friends from uh, other at other colleges or my friends from high school that kind of thing. I got involved, but when I got to seminary, um, that's a whole another story, but. Um, I wasn't like, I was definitely discerning. I kind of didn't want to be there at first. But then I encountered this community of guys who were trying to become holy, like really striving for it, like, you know, Father Ethan and others. And I just remember it just like kind of blowing my mind at some point, you know, just being out on the soccer field, playing with the guys, you know, and sitting on the sidelines and just like making the kind of jokes that I would before I entered seminary, you know, like a little off color. And realizing like, okay, nobody laughed. Like, there's something different going on here, you know? Like, this is, these guys are really striving for holiness. And then, so that merely made me look inward, like, okay, there's something I really need. Like, I want to become the best version of who I'm called to be. And that was, like, really exciting, but also, like, who am I? Like, what do I think of, like, you know? So, um, it just made me think about that. You have, like, the, what we're trying to achieve, and when you see that with others, like, people really living it. How um, how I wanted to be like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a great inspiration for me. It's funny how I mean for me it was in the midst of seminary, you know. But um, like when we really just have a community like that, or yeah, the way you're living your life, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, could just draw us into that. Um, yeah, being fully alive. So. Yeah, I, that's really good. Living living differently, mm-hmm. like someone. That's a beautiful story. I've never heard Father Jacob. <clears throat> just like people. People see a community and they, they think there's something different about about these guys, about this crew. Um, and it makes them want to live their full potential, mm-hmm. something they haven't seen before. Um, yeah, that's really that's really the goal, I think, is is of of the Catholic life. Because because it is different, right? Like Catholicism is, is inherently is inherently different. It's county cultural. Yeah. Um, we are we are not, um, we can live in the world, but we are not of the world. That's right. Um, yeah, and our theme this year, of course, like here at Newman Center is boldly Catholic, which is super exciting. But it reminds me, so my family too, growing up, um, I don't really remember this story, but my mom tells it because it like sticks in her mind very strongly. But at one point, so I'm coming from a big Catholic family, my parents, you know, really devout. So at one point, we're all kids, my dad lines us up on the bed, you know, has us all like sitting there on the bed, and there he is, and he says, you guys are going to be different. You might as well just get used to it. <laughs> get used to it now. You're going to look different. You're going to talk different. You're going to act different. So just get used to it. You're going to be different than all these people out there. And my mom just, like, remembers that and, like, tells us about that. Like, I don't remember it as a kid. You know, it was probably my dad, and, like, was a good teacher and stuff. But 
Um, but how important that is, just to, like, be not afraid to be different. Like, as Catholics, we're going to be different, but it's so good. Mm. Um, because often we're just, like, trying to be accepted, you know, when we're students and that kind of thing. But to realize that, yeah, there are other people out there who are, like, striving for this, to be different in a good way. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and if you were at the last Thursday's formation, now you would know this, but, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really, um, care about my faith at all until I came to college and I saw people that were acting different. When I when Johnny pulled me into this community, I was able to see pe- I was able to see how people acted. Um, and I think one of the examples I used was I like my idea of humor before being involved with this community was me making fun of somebody kind of ruthlessly. And like everyone else in the gra- la- group laughed and then, you know, maybe that kid would do it to somebody else, like, the next day or whatever. That was my idea of what was funny. And then I found people around here that are hilarious but yet don't need to do those things. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, – it's such an attractive concept, and people are actively looking for this. And uh, I guess, yeah, it just, just takes time. It works on people, and I think the, the best way to do it would just be to live it out the best you can because no matter what – they're looking for that. So if you can be that example, they're going to come in naturally because despite what anybody thinks, they're all, they're all looking for Christ. So definitely. I got some word here. This is just everything you guys are saying. It resonates with something that I was reading this morning from our Italian brother, Luigi Giassani, servant of God. This book called the journey to truth is an experience. Just want to read this to you. Hopefully, stay with me here for a second. He said this At the origin of the history of Christianity, we find simple people who encountered someone and followed him. But how can we now, after 2,000 years, encounter Jesus Christ? From the very beginning, the way to make contact with him was not only to see him in the flesh, there was also another way to listen to his disciples. Thus, the instrument of the world's conversion is the visible unity of the Christian community. Through it, God's mystery once again proposes itself to the individual and society. The church is not primarily an institution or association. It is above all a life, a new and surprising life for the world. Jesus Christ was the concrete, physical type of this new humanity. He was so much like others that people would ask one another what it was he wanted. When he spoke, he used the words and ideas of his people, and yet it was another world that he revealed, only certainly not foreign to the human person. The hearts and eyes of people previously unaware of this world sensed their birth before them and within. Christianity is a new way to live in this world. It is a new life. Mm. So good. A new life, a life abundant. <clears throat> so good. I love that. I love, of course, how he, of course, recognizes encountering Jesus, but the importance of, yeah, learning from the community around us, you know, having the community or like the inspiration of others, you know, the following, the idea of following. And that's how so many of us learn our faith, right? That. Mm. You know, as they say, it's not so much taught as caught, you know. Um, I know it's true for me, so. And I think that's one thing, too. We're so blessed to have some focused missionaries on campus. One of the things they've they've preached and and taught me is Acts 2.42, right? What made the early disciples thrive? The four things, prayer, fellowship, the teachings of the apostles, and uh, did I already say fellowship? Yeah. Uh, oh, the breaking of the bread, so mass, sacraments, and um, did I say that too? No. Okay, that was, that was more, that was more. Obviously, I'm not a focused missionary, so, um, but yeah. no, these four things and uh, how, that can, how that can lead to a life abundant. I think I'm, I'm the type of guy that likes to think, you know, I can, I can do it all myself, you know. I can, I can take on, you know, the world, the flesh, the devil by myself. I don't need anyone else. But I think the Lord's humbled me in a lot of ways because it's made me realize sometimes I do need Michael to, to get me up in the morning to come to adoration or uh, other friends to call me on higher. 
and uh, it, it takes it takes a whole fellowship. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Yeah, we all need that. So good. Yeah, dang, the Focus Missionaries taught you that. This should be another sponsor of ours, I think. So. Oh yeah. Shout out to Focus Missionaries. Um, you know they are they are one of the the best groups that come to college campuses and save save souls every year. And thanks for sponsoring us. Mm. Yeah. What if you said yes? <laughs> right, right, right. Seek twenty one too. Stoked for that. Oh It's yeah. gonna be local. We're gonna go way big. Might have to use like uh, the great old coaches or something. I mean, I don't know. Oh. Some buses. We yeah, need, some we buses need, at least to go down to Cincinnati. We need at least four buses, which would be about two hundred people. Mm-hmm. I think that that should be a goal. There we go. Yeah, I think we're gonna host it at FC Cincinnati Stadium. There we go. That'll be yeah, good. Let's need, go. Be good. We need that. Yeah. Speaking of that, yeah, some of us are going down there this weekend. Oh yeah. And it's funny they're playing Miami, Florida. But not only that, but it's the uh, UC Miami game this weekend too. Ooh. Tomorrow we yeah, have tomorrow. Uh, we have an enemy in, in our territory right now, <laughs> Father right. Ethan. Uh, UC. Yeah. What what are your hot takes, real quick? Who do you think's gonna win, UC or Miami tomorrow? I heard UC is ranked number eight right now. We're top ten, NCAA. Yeah, Ooh. we're. Uh, but it but but we're we're in the MAC, so <laughs> yeah, that is intimidating. Action. Yeah. yeah. The Maction has its own force. I think we'll just let the game play itself out. Mm. But you're coming to the Bearcat Kingdom, so mm. we're, we got home field advantage and um, Luke that, Fickle advantage. So Speaking of that, I heard the following there. weekend, I think it's the following weekend, we're having our uh, big coach, Archbishop Schnur, come down oh, okay. for a big mass at St. Monica. Yesterday I was getting the call, like, invite the students, come for the mass, come for the cookout. So, anyways, I just emailed Johnny and tell you yet, but uh, yeah, there's gonna be a big mass for basically Thanksgiving, yeah. I guess, for the CMA. So, like, a lot of our funding comes from that. So, the country it's gonna be a big party. Award? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You've heard, yeah, Archbishop Single. Oh, I, is he? Is, it, is that what Tim McGraw? Him and Tim McGraw? Yeah, it's uh, it's called Fancy Like. <laughs> Fancy like lace on my no. <laughs> Archbishop Schnur, if you're listening to this. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're having oh, some oh, trouble uh, recording. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, but then it's still like there's a little party afterwards too. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Sweet. Is uh, do, are we gonna have a mascot there? The uh, the not the Red Hawk, but the what the Bear Cat Kingdom. You aren't aren't you the bear, the Bear Cat, the mascot, Father Ethan? Uh, I I have looked into the jaws of the bear cat and I've come out alive. I have wow. a question. What is a bear cat? Mm. You really want to go here? Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. Think, I think we do. Time. We've always wanted to know, and now we have you. Think of the fiercest prehistorical critter that still walks the earth, and then minimize it to a kitten, but uh, put ferocious fangs on it. That's your bear cat. Okay, so it's not real. Okay, that makes sense. Basically, that's yeah. true. So there's, no, but there is something, and it's kind of a myth. It's kind of like the chupacabra in America, but in Australia, it's called the drop bear, and it's kind of what you described, so maybe you guys should consider a name change. There is a bear cat, if we're being honest. There's one at the Cincinnati Zoo. They are like an animal. They're just rare, I guess, and breed. So oh. it is a living critter. So, okay. yeah, I'm a little confused. Is it a bear or is it a cat? <laughs> yeah, I think it likes honey like a bear, uh, but it has a tail like a cat. Um, and yet it's fierce like a lion and it wants wings like a pterodactyl. <laughs> wow. So try to just put that all together. And that's what you're up against tomorrow. <laughs> Meanwhile... The Red Hawks over here. That's right. We're, yeah. We're bar- Are they like spray painted red? Or like how do they become mm-hmm. red? Like dip yeah. them in, I don't know. I, I think they stayed out in the sun too long. Yeah. The sun burned. So they were originally Irish hawks. They were originally Irish hawks. We put them out in the sun and they got, they got red. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It's a pretty sad story. SPF for <laughs> yeah. Make sure you bring your sunscreen game at 3.30. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah, uh, I think UC has won the last three years, unless someone can correct me on that. So it's going to be like a, the last 30 years. 
Ooh. Ooh. Okay, we're gonna need a fact check on that. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna insert. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll edit after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> fact check, Father Ethan. Uh, but we'll see. I think I believe in my Red Hawks. I think I know a guy on the football team. One guy, um, and he's gonna do great. So. Yeah. Is that backup water boy? <laughs> <laughs> no. <Okay>. No. <laughs> I'm the backup water boy. <laughs> uh, Johnny, have you been to a football game here? Actually, yes, I have. I went to one my freshman year, and I remember I was with my freshman squad, and we were losing, but I was standing up, like, cheering, let's go, let's go. Who were they playing in that game? Ooh, probably, oh, like, mm, maybe, maybe. If they were, they, oh, because they were losing? Oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> really, you had to go there, father. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I was standing up cheering. All my friends were like, dude, you must really love football. I'm like, no, man. I'm just living fully alive. Come on. Are you Catholic? That's when you make the sale. Yeah. No. Yeah, I haven't been to a Miami football game, but I did watch one in its entirety, and that is when we played the Ohio State University. And like no other team that season – because they went undefeated, we were up five nothing in the first quarter. Wow, that's hard to do. Five nothing. It was five. It was a safety and a field goal, wow. and we were so excited. Cool. And oh, then was, was... something else happened, and we're not going to discuss that at what happened after that. Mm-hmm. What it, was the end game score though? Seventy three to five. Seventy three to five. So now Ohio State. What were they ranked that year? I don't know. I think they were like number one. I think they were one or two. Yeah, they went undefeated during the regular yeah, season. Got a little sure. safety though. So yeah, that's things. impressive. That's, Honestly, five. think about that. That means they pushed them all the way back. It is. You know? yeah. Ever. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think Miami celebrated after that. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was our biggest celebration. Points <laughs> on the board, baby. Mm. Impressive. Wow. Well, uh, Father Jacob, do you have any? I told you I I was gonna ask you this question. Do you have any? Uh, Crazy family stories. Crazy family stories. When you were little. You know, I was trying to bring up a few in the midst of that. Yeah, it's about, like, my dad and a few other things. Shout out Mr. Willard. (laughs) Come on. Come on. I guess one story, uh, I'm sure I'll have to think of some more over the years, but uh, it was funny. So my younger brother, Deacon Mike, right? Mm -hmm. You guys know him. So my younger brother is about to be ordained a priest this year. Please pray for him. Super exciting. He's been up here preaching a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, over the summer. But anyways, he was, uh, yeah, he was always the kid who would do everything, you know, as a kid, which was fun. So he has better stories than I do. But anyways, I was recalling this story. He was just a young guy, and we had gerbils. You guys know what gerbils are, speaking uh-huh. of animals. So they were a lot of fun. So basically, we had a huge aquarium somebody gave us, and we filled it with like a foot and a half of dirt. Maybe not that much a foot. And it's cool because the gerbils dig tunnels, and you could just watch them. We like threw a shoe in there, and they'd like chew up the shoe and live in the shoe. So as a kid, it was fun. It was like kind of like mice or something. I mean, they just live in there. They're fun to watch. And uh, my sisters one day had a bunch of friends over, and, you know, we're all young. Deacon Mike was probably like, I don't know, six. He wasn't a deacon yet, right? No. 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 But, uh, yeah, and so all these girls were in uh, in the girls' room hanging out, you know, in those days, right? It's like the girls' room and then the boys' room. And so Deacon Mike decides to play a little trick on him. So... He takes out one of the gerbils and he just holds it at the bottom of the door. And so it goes under the door, you know. And then he just waits for like the screams, like, ah, it's a mouse, you know, or whatever. But, anyways, that was a fun memory that I have. Uh, Wow. That's great. Messing with the girls when we were young. So, Deacon Mike, what a dog. (laughs) That's hilarious. Nothing too crazy, but yeah. Yeah. I really, I always thought you would be the more, you know, crazy sibling, but sounds like Deacon Mike. I was the boring one. Yeah, my older (laughs) brother. He was the wild one. I just followed him around, and uh, he would get in trouble. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was the younger one. So. <laughs> so I was having a con- not to change subject so quickly, but I was having a conversation with Thomas, one of the focus missionaries here, and he thought that how I got the sacraments was weird. And I need to ask you: Have you ever gotten the like? Has a kid ever made it hard? to like for you to give them the sacraments because apparently that was me and I I understand this sounds confusing and I'll explain it so 
my first communion, I was, so I was in second grade, and I went in for the test, the, the interview with, the, with uh, our pastor, Father Reformat at the time. And have you guys seen Despicable Me? Father Reformat looked like Gru from Despicable Me. He was a very scary human being, especially to a eight-year-old at the mm-hmm. time. So I got in there, and I immediately started crying. And I got pretty much every question wrong. Like, the easiest <laughs> questions, I got wrong. And I, I don't know. So What is your name? <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was difficult at the time. And so because Father Reformat was a great priest, took everything super seriously, I had to wait a whole other year. <laughs> wow. You didn't wow. wait until third grade? I got my first communion third grade, which wow. is interesting. And I obviously, like, you know me, I came in, prepared the next time smashed the interview it was all perfect and I got ended up getting my first communion luckily but then the problem is I had trouble with the next sacrament as well confirmation I was in oh I got confirmed in sixth grade okay yeah and but the problem was I got confirmed with a group of like 300 people Mm. and I was in the back of the like back of the church I was gonna be the like the last person to get up there and see and talk to the bishop and he always asked like everyone like one question and we got to like the four hour mark. And I was, as a sixth grader, 11 or 11, maybe 12 years old, I was not having it. I was so mad that I had to sit there for four hours. And I get up to the bishop and he asked me the question. He's like, man, you're all the way at the back. Like, what's going on? And I was like, and I go, this is the exact line. I go, yeah, this stinks. <laughs> and my uncle, who's my confirmation sponsor, just gives me the elbow. He was like, you don't say that right now. And then, obviously, the bishop was, uh, he was like, okay, just move along now. <laughs> like, like, if you want to go home so bad, go home. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was the, I was the hardest child ever to, to get the sacraments. So that's, wow. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Made it. I made it through. I made it through by the skin of my teeth, just like about everything <laughs> I do. Nice. Dang. Yeah, sacraments. We're, we're starting a RCIA program, right, Father? That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially it's exciting. So we have a couple people in RCIA. But also I know, like you mentioned, confirmation. A lot of students somehow miss confirmation, you know, switching schools, public school, that kind of thing. So uh, right now, yeah, we're just putting out the invite. If you know anyone... Either, I mean, if you're interested in the church, super exciting, but also a lot of people, a lot of Catholics just never confirm, so great time to reach out mm. or just send them our way because, yeah, it's great, exciting. Yeah, I know some of the guys here, I'm always amazed by just conversion stories. One guy in our Bible study found out he was Methodist in eighth grade, he was like, I think I'm going to become Catholic. Mm-hmm. Another guy, our liturgy team director, Jack Hartwell, another guy who converted uh, to Catholicism in high school. And now just like loves the faith, reads like church father documents and uh by the way, Jack Hartwell carries around a copy of the sumo with him and he has it all printed out in a binder and he and he reads it and takes notes all day. So just nerd alert. I just wanted to call him out there a little <laughs> bit. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Jack's a man. Uh and just other stories of people converting to Catholicism. It's really those are those are some pretty powerful stories. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Father Ethan converted right <laughs> I'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome uh, well I guess uh, while we have these two campus ministers your father are you still the uh, archdiocese uh, campus minister I've since resigned oh yeah. since resigned yeah no I'm just I'm just a student now you know, oh. of the archdiocese no uh, officially Wayne Kopp is oh. uh, in charge of that now he's the director of like young adult evangelization and campus ministry cool. oversight as well still awesome. get to be involved on some level but um, wow. yeah not on the official okay. anymore take well, it off the the what the email hashtag line or whatever uh, you know the sign off <laughs> I just learned how to do that like two weeks ago <laughs> nice, nice. Three. How, how many years have you been a priest Father Ethan? six half six. dozen yeah wow and Father Jacob this is my fourth year, so three years. Three years. Wow. Altogether nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost double digits. That's right. Getting there. Nice. Do priests, um, do they celebrate their ordination day like uh, like a wedding anniversary? 
For sure. Yeah, it is like a big day, like usually special things, whether it's like a mass that like remembers <clears throat> that that sacrament and the graces from it. And then, yeah, celebrations. We try to, especially, you know, guys are ordained together. So like classes might get together for that time. Uh, and yeah, other friends. There's definitely a good priest brotherhood in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. And it's only growing, it's only getting more tight. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've heard, there's there's been a lot of new guys in the seminary, right? I think we have a really growing seminary recently. And just new guys like Father Father Eddie Hoffman, right. uh, recently fresh. ordained, fresh. Mm-hmm. Is there a name for those, fresh priests? Usually baby priests is what uh, they go by. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I need a better name. Born again. Mm. You know, born again. That's right. Yeah, yeah but it's always exciting because then, you know, the first year blessing is always a big thing too. Oh. A special blessing kind of when you're a first year. So that's always a big thing. Wow. So, yeah. That was cool. I think he gave blessing last night, right? He did. He did. Yeah. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, everybody. So, yeah thank you for uh for listening today uh i know this is only the first podcast and we probably have a little bit of not much not much but a little bit of room for improvement so (laughs) think of think of the office the pilot episode with michael scott you know his hair is kind of all over the place uh you know they don't really know what the characters are like yet but uh we started i think that's Mm. that's main thing for sure so thank you all for listening please like and subscribe. I don't know what this is going up on yet, but whatever whatever it ends up on, you know, like it however you want. You can even just think that you like it. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much, and we're going to end in a prayer real quick. Father Ethan, our guest, Father. you want to take us out? Oh, our guest has to leave us. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and fill our hearts. Come and burn us with a new desire to follow you this day and to be those disciples who give everything. Pray for the grace to do this. And we, once again, come to that spouse of the Spirit, Mother Mary, to lead us in this call as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, pray Pray for for us. us. Thank you very much, everybody. See you next Friday.